0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air.
1: I'm Eileen Cha. Before I joined St. Louis on the Air, the show team began a community listening tour, a handful of sessions held in different places in the station's listening area that invited folks to meet in person to share and talk. Not only that, we created a listener survey that garnered hundreds, several hundred responses. You all were ready to talk with us and we were ready to hear it. Uh, Two of our team's producers, Emily Woodbury and Maya Norfleet, took the lead in these efforts. And they're here to heat up the mic this afternoon with details about how it all went down and continues moving today. Mm -hmm. Um, If you hear excitement in my voice, it's because this community engagement stuff is my jam. So Mm -hmm. welcome and welcome to both of you. Hello. Thanks, Elaine. So Emily... Tell us, what inspired the idea of Listening Sessions?
2: You know, I think what inspired it was just a a feeling of wanting to know, you know, are we doing, are we serving our community in the best way possible? You know, I think there's a lot of discussions around things like Twitter being an echo chamber, especially, you know, if you're a journalist on Twitter, you follow a lot of journalists on Twitter Um, We're all in these kind of echo chambers. And for me personally, I wanna be producing radio segments that people not only enjoy, but feel like brings value to their lives. So um, you know, having never had a chance to do something like this before, I was really excited to actually hear from people, what do you want Mm -hmm. from your local talk show? How can we best be serving you? Are we doing it well? If so, how, and then
1: um, how can we improve too? Mm So this was something that had never been done, at least in the time you were here? Or are we talking like the history of St. Louis on the Air? The
2: history of St. Louis on the Air. This was the very first time the show has embarked on something like this. And I think too, among um, public radio stations in general, this is a pretty new concept. Um, So yeah, I I don't know of too many other shows or stations that are, um, have engaged in this in the past. I think now many more are starting
1: to. But. Mm-hmm. And Maya, you joined the show in the summer, from yes. what I understand. For you coming in as a, a new team member, mm-hmm. what made it feel like the right time to do something like a community listening session you know, tour, so to speak? I think it made made most sense because we had,
0: as a team, a lot of stuff to figure out. It was a a new beginning for the whole team and the show itself so you know I joined in June and then uh, another producer had joined just three months before me so it was just like you know what clean slate let's do something different and do it more often and yeah just talk to more people.
1: Emily where did these community listening sessions happen and how did you choose them?
2: Yeah, so we wanted to start with the audience we had because they are most familiar with our show. So we did a station community listening session where we invited people on air. I'm sure you heard um, announcements on air that we were doing this, inviting you to come, inviting you to participate in the survey. So we started here at the station and then we we chose a few other places. We went to Rolla because that's one of our bureaus, Jonathan All, our reporter um, and now editor is stationed in Rolla, and that's one of our, um, you know, listening areas. So we wanted to go out to Rolla to talk with people there. We did an arts listening session that wasn't location specific, but it actually came out of um, a conversation our intern Avery Leah Rogers had with one of her sources, where one of her sources was saying, hey, you know, St. Louis is not a great hub for musicians and artists right now. There's a lot that could be improved. Hmm. And so, you know, she was you know, they were talking with him about this and he said, you know, Hey, I can invite a few people. We could have a whole discussion about this. So that was an arts theme listening session. How can we better cover the arts here in our city? And then we, we did one at Cherokee street too, because, um, I think the folks on Cherokee street, the community improvement district there, and just the community organizers in that neighborhood are very dedicated to their space. And, um, you know, specifically some of the people who have been involved in organizing Love Bank Park, I was just, I was inspired by their community engagement. And I thought Mm -hmm. these are people that know how to make things happen with very little support. You know, they're just getting in there and doing it. I think we could learn a lot from them. So we wanted to go to Cherokee Street as well.
1: So it was very much a two-way thing then, not just you're going out. I mean, so much of the model has been community outreach, mm-hmm. but it doesn't come in the other direction. Anytime mm-hmm. that someone's
0: like, you know what? I like this. Can we do this here? I'm like, yeah, let's do it.
1: <laughs> it can really be that simple. And how did you choose the locations, like the specific places where where, where things were happening?
2: Well, I you know, for the arts and, and the station, we, we held them here just because that was an easy <laughs> place to hold it. Um, in Ralla, we held it at Missouri S&T um, just because we wanted to make connections with folks at the college and we had people from the college come. We had a student from the college come. Um, But it was just also a nice community gathering space. We had people come from Salem, Missouri. Shout out to Thomas Haynes from Salem. Uh, We learned a lot from him. So people really came from all over, but the the university was a good hub for that. And then on Cherokee Street, we chose Earthbound because... Um, you know, it was it was actually an idea I got from um, Emily Tenhouse of the Community Improvement District. She just said, you know, EarthBound is a good gathering place for this. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of organizations meet up here. And in fact, as we were at EarthBound that day for the session, um, there was an artist putting up uh, decals, uh, beautiful scans of brains for a mm-hmm. community engagement project that, this art studio was working on. So that was
1: pretty cool. And that led to something, right?
2: It did. did. Actually, so Con Christensen, uh, she was actually at our community engagement session shortly after working on her own community engagement um, effort. And because of that, because of the conversations that she and I had that night, we actually ended up producing a segment about NeuroBlooms, And this is one of, I mean, the main goal behind these community engagement sessions is to get good ideas mm-hmm. for segments. And this is one that came out of it. And you know, for that segment, um, I talked with Brandon, uh, who preferred not to give his last name, and Stevie Ball. They both got involved with NeuroBlooms through a Peter and Paul Community Services art class. And they were helping to install those NeuroBloom decals I talked about in shop windows. And the two are currently homeless, and they each live with various mental health conditions. And um, after that community listening session, after learning about the project, I met up with both of them on Cherokee Street, where Stevie told me that he learned a lot about his own diagnoses through this project.
0: I never really looked at my brain. I never really thought about my brain. I just knew it was up there and in there. But uh, uh, when I saw these pictures, it's like, woo! Wow, this is what my brain is actually doing. And so uh, it just brought awareness to me. I- I've learned that we all are one kind, one kin. We all bleed red blood. We all uh, have the same tissue on the inside of our being. And uh, uh, we're all connected in one way or the other. And I just love it. You, we, we just connect.
2: Brandon uh, said that as he was installing the decals, he was having lots of conversations with community and members uh, community members and business owners, about how relatable the NeuroBlooms project is.
0: Well, the stigma, some people think, you're crazy because uh, you're diagnosed with this. Um, but then you find out along the line, they get diagnosed with this. And then, you know, they can be like, oh, okay, well, sorry for calling you crazy, <laughs> you know.
2: And Con Christensen, I'd love to play a clip from her as well. She organized this community engagement aspect of NeuroBlooms, and here's what she told us about the impact that engagement had in the Cherokee Street neighborhood.
3: The art group at Peter and Paul is meant to be a program support um, to help these folks who, regardless of their mental health conditions, their homelessness is a stigmatizing condition as well. So this project has connected them to the community in a way that they would not have had had it not been for art and community. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the public art component of the project, um, putting the, the Neuroblooms in the windows, uh, a QR code that, that gives information and gets people to stop and think and talk to each other, it has been... A revelation for me as a, as a person who lives on a street where I have neighbors that I did not know uh, in, a, in that way until this, uh, this project uh, brought some of them out to say, yes, I want to participate in this and here's why. And the stories that we've heard have been um, revealing and um, I hope that it's going to continue to connect us.
2: I think that's so beautiful. You know, Khan talking about that community engagement, about these connections made in real life. This isn't, you know, something shared on the Internet. These are real life on the street connections just shows how powerful actually being there in person and talking with your neighbors can be. I thought I actually learned a lot from her about what community engagement can be.
1: And it was not something that came out of a question necessarily that was prepared to be asked. It was something that was happening in, in that moment and in that space, Maya, how did people seem to you know respond in in these spaces of, of community listening? At first, I think people
0: um, were more so were like being ultra complimentary, but I usually would start my my tables off if we had enough people to do breakouts, like <laughs> with a joke saying like, "Say it to my face, come on." And usually over time, it's like, okay, well, now I do have a criticism, but you're doing great. Like, I know we're doing great. We're still on air. Tell us how we can actually do better or what you think we're missing. So eventually we got
1: there. And why do you think that that spirit and that that practice is important to the show going
0: forward? It's important to the show going forward to me because our entire it's a talk show we should talk to people and we should listen that's also part of talking so the more practice that we get in that the better
1: how is this going to continue emily in in spirit and then like for real for real
2: yeah absolutely well i mean one thing we have just from the community sessions we've had so far we have just documents and documents of ideas some Mm -hmm. of them are big picture like. You know, we want to hear more in-depth coverage. We want to hear more ongoing coverage, more stories about identity. And some are really specific uh, story ideas. And so we're going to be continuing to use those ideas, engaging with the people that shared them with us moving forward. I also want to say, I hope we do these community listening sessions for as long as the show is on air. This Mm -hmm. This is not a one and done thing. This is an ongoing process that we want to continue to engage with folks. So I really encourage, if you are listening to this and you, you're you like, hey, I have things to share with the team of St. Louis on the air, I would love to see you at our next community listening session. We will keep you posted on where and when that is. And I should add that you can also get in touch with us anytime by emailing us at talk at stlpr.org, or you can leave us a voicemail at 314 314- 516 that's 314-516-NEWS, and you can connect with us on our new St. Louis on the Air Facebook group.
1: Yes, please do that. Um, there's another note here that the stlpr.org slash survey link is still very much alive and waiting for your responses, so you can... Uh, You can get in touch with us that way as well. Emily Woodbury is senior producer of St. Louis on the Air, and Maya Norfleet is a producer for the show as well. Thank you both for talking with us. Thank you. Thanks a St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here